Hey, Al. Hey, Rye. What's going on? Just kicking it. <laughs> um, welcome to Closer to Free, everybody. Um, we have a very, very special episode planned for everybody today. We have a very special guest. Allie, do you want to introduce this guest? Yes, this is Hallie Muhammad. She is Bella underscore note 66, right? On Instagram? Yes. yes. And you got it. Um, we all met on Instagram. Hallie's just been super, super supportive of, of Ryan and I. So um, we thought, who better than to have as our first guest on the podcast? Yeah, and it's our first yeah. video episode, too, so this is really, really exciting. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're extra special. Extra special. <laughs> so, well, thanks, um, guys. what? I said, well, thanks, guys. Thank you uh, for... You're very welcome. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, and being so patient with us. Yes, even well. though, like, we have tons of fucking malfunctions everywhere. <laughs> um. All right, Al, so... We want to start with Hallie's story. We want to start with your story and get to know you, okay? So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to this journey and how you succeeded on this journey and how you're still succeeding on this journey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I feel like my story is a little bit unique. Um, I've actually had two weight loss journeys, Um one back in 2011 to 2012, um, I lost about 120 pounds in a year. Wow. Almost, to the, almost to the date. That's like 10 um, pounds a month. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, but you know, I was doing things that were not sustainable. Um, just diet and exercise. Basically I, I lived on my fitness pal. Um, and you know, I didn't address the mental part of weight loss, um, which I know we'll probably talk a lot about because I think all three of us are pretty big on that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I slowly gained my weight back. Um, and fast forward to 2015, um, I was back at my heaviest 340 about, as far as I know, but you know, when you're that heavy, you don't want to weigh yourself. So mm -hmm. I have no yeah. clue. Um, the highest documented weight is about 340. Um, so I, my mom passed away in March of 2015. Mm. I was back at my heaviest. Uh, I was going through a lot of shit. Um, and I decided to go to therapy, which was probably the single best thing I ever did for myself. Um, just in general in life, but I say that all the time. Like the best Seriously. decision you can make for yourself. It really is. It really, really is. And um, it's played a significant role in my weight loss journey um, since then. So I started to go to therapy and then I decided, you know, I have issues with food that I've never addressed, never really even thought about. Um, so I started seeing a therapist that specialized in eating disorders. Um, I saw her once a week and a nutritionist changed my diet started to reprogram my brain, um, issues around food, food restrictions, all that. Um, I lost about 30 pounds and then I made a decision to have weight loss surgery. So I had the gastric sleeve surgery, September 6th of 2016. Mm -hmm. Um, I had lost, like I said, about 30 pounds pre the surgery. Um, and then I lost another about 80 pounds after the year, probably probably within the year following. Um, so I had another significant weight loss. Mm -hmm. Um, 
up until about five or so months ago, I have maintained a 10 to 15 pound weight range. Um, you know, I got my head out of my ass five months ago and, uh, started to re-kick my weight loss journey, got in, uh, you know, active on Instagram, connected with a lot of people. I'm still fairly new to Instagram, so I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, you do pretty but, good for no, not knowing what you're well, doing. You do. You, you know, got reels and everything and Trader I, Joe's hauls. If you knew how many times I posted, deleted, reposted, <laughs> because I'm like, yeah, that I don't think that's right. Um, same. But anyway, same thing. I feel like an old lady. <laughs> you know, I was more a Facebook person, so... Um, I'm learning, but anyways, um, I have since lost about 20 pounds in the last five or so months, um, documented. I stopped weighing myself. Um, so, so it's like 130 pounds total right now, right? Kind of it, yeah. Um, wow. Good yeah, for you. Uh, thank you. So that's kind of the brief summary <laughs> of my weight loss journey. Now, um, let me, let me ask you now, when you had weight loss surgery, how many years, yeah. how many, how long ago was this? September 6, 2016. So just four over years. four okay. years. So four years ago. Now, before you had weight loss surgery, um, did they make you do uh, anything crazy like the liquid diet? Like I, I had weight loss surgery too, yep. uh, obviously it did not work for me, um, but they did they make you do like that liquid diet and stuff? Yep. So okay. um let's go into that a little was, bit. How was that for you? You know, that wasn't so bad. Um, and I know Ryan and I, we've kind of talked about weight loss surgery before and kind of the stigma behind it. Um, the liquid diet wasn't so bad for me it mentally because there's an endpoint, you know. You mm -hmm. had your surgery date set. So it's like, okay, I have six, I think I was on it for six weeks. Um, pre-op. This is a because, long time. Wait, you want to wait, you want a liquid diet for six weeks? Why six weeks? I think it was six weeks, if I remember correctly. Um wow. or maybe it was Shit, four. That's a long I think time. actually I take that back. I think it was four weeks. I think the still that's still a long time. <laughs> I, yeah. I did two weeks. Normally oh, I thought the normal weeks. was two weeks. Yeah. I, from what I was told, um, it takes two weeks for your liver to like pretty much flatten they want yeah. because everybody in the world has a fatty liver from all the shit that everybody eats but they right. want you to basically just have liquid uh to basically just flatten it out because they have to go underneath your liver i believe in order yep. to get to your stomach right that's it that's exactly i believe i you know i'm sorry i might be saying it wrong i do think it was I think my surgeon does four to six weeks, if I remember correctly. Wow. I mean, every um, surgeon's different. Everybody's different. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was, I think it was four weeks or there was like a gradual decline in what I could eat, but I cannot, I can't remember for sure. Yeah. Um, but either way, that wasn't difficult for me because there was that end point. There was a surgery date. It was for this day for this goal. So that wasn't so bad for me. It was the post-op that really fucked with me. And if I'm completely honest, I'm still figuring this shit out. It's been four years. I've been lucky that I've pretty much maintained a small weight range because I've never been able to do that in my life. Um, and the issues behind food didn't go away after surgery. Didn't go mm, away with don't. therapy. No, it, it, it really doesn't. And um, that's what makes me crazy when people, 
you know, make comments or think that weight loss surgery is an easy way out, or you're cheating, or they put extreme emphasis on, oh, I lost weight natural. That's why I never got the surgery. Yeah, Cause people, I was considering it a while ago. And my mom was like heavily against it. She was like, no, like if you're going to do everything that they tell you, like for the surgery, why wouldn't you do it without surgery? And so right. that was like, my biggest thing was the stigma. I was like, well, I, I want respect. You know what I mean? People don't respect that. So I never did it. People right. have given me a lot of, a lot of shit, like on Facebook, you know, um, anywhere that I would put it out. They'd be like, oh, you took the easy way out. And um, and it's funny because the two people that actually that were, I, which I thought were friendly to me, they were both heavy too. And they believed that that was the easy way out. And I'm like, why is it the easy way out? It's not easy. To me, not- it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's, you know, it, it takes a lot um, for you to get up the nerve, the balls to get up on that operating table because you're getting right. cut open. And they're basically... Right re they're like reorganizing your insides in there they're cutting right. things and taking things out with the gastric sleeve um they remove 90 percent of your stomach mm-hmm. and they like throw it out or whatever they do they use it for like experiments or whatever <laughs> they do they, but, they <laughs> yeah. yeah so like I, I mean did they did they tell you after your surgery like how big your stomach was they told me my 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 stomach was the size of a deflated basketball Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. And they showed it to me. They showed it to me too. It's supposed to be like the size of your hand, right? Yeah, no. I was able to fit a lot in there. And when he came up to me, he said, yeah, well, it was the size of a a deflated basketball. And I said, Jesus. I said, are you serious? He goes, well, now it's the size of your thumb. And I was like, wow. And I had a heart. As soon as he said that, I had a a sip of um, like that, the the zero sugar Gatorade that they give you. Well, they gave you that. They gave that to me. And I took a sip and I was like, I don't want this. And he was like, you full? I'm like, yeah. He's like, that's good. I'm like, oh my God. I know. And that seriously, like that, what you just said, that's where it fucks with your mind. And that, you know, I feel like I can say this because I have done the significant weight loss with surgery and without surgery. Um, so I, I feel like I'm kind of, I kind of, it's, it's special because I can compare the two. And for me, the surgery was really, I mean, besides like what you said, getting up on the table, having the balls to do that, that shit's kind of scary, you know? And when I had my surgery, it was after both of my parents died. And so it was like a little bit scary for me and my brother. Like what if something happened to me? Like my, both my parents passed away within a year and I had surgery um, just a few months after my dad died. So, you know, the trauma part that kind of messes with your head a little bit, but yeah, you start to I like question t- your own mortality at that Exa- point. Exactly. Like, especially, you know, when you have unexpected losses, it, it really Those plays with your mind, you know? So for me after surgery, even though I was plugged into therapy with, uh, you know, eating disorder specialist, that physical restriction, all of a sudden, it's like your biggest coping mechanism being ripped away from you. You can no longer eat what you want. You can no longer drink what you want. Yes. And now all of a sudden you're like, I don't know how to fucking cope. Like, I don't know how to deal with this. And I still struggle Ryan with that. Goes through that I a lot. still struggle with that. I yeah. know, you know, and I feel like for those of us that have 
really, I mean, it's been this, this shits to our core. Like this will probably always be a challenge for us. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it might get better with time and, you know, therapy or whatever it is that people do to kind of figure out, figure their shit out. Um, you know, it can get better and you learn tools, um, to cope or work through things. Um, but it's never going to go away, you know, in my opinion, I mean, you might be free of some things, but there's always going to be that little bit left in you that, it's part it's of, cha- like, it's just a challenge. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it really does become that. It's so funny how, you know, like as you were telling your, your little summary story, um, I don't know if you caught me look at Ryan, like you checked off like two major boxes for the both of us, like yeah. him with the weight loss surgery and me with like the therapist with the eating disorder thing. Cause I've done that. And, um, I think that, it's not really something that's like really spoken about a lot, like that there are therapists and dietitians who work with people with eating disorders. And a lot of the times people think uh, like eating disorder, like anorexia or bulimia, but mm-hmm. a majority of the Americans walking around with diabetes and heart disease have eating disorders. So right. I just want right. to talk about that a little bit and see, you know, what are some of the things you learned? How did she work with you? You know, I want to know. Yeah, I'm curious to to know what sparked that fire that made you want to like really get into this and like change it all. Because for right. me, um, I still, like I said, you know, we were just saying, I still struggle with that. There's times where I'm like really gung ho, where I'm like, fuck everything. I just need to be healthy. And honestly, I'm going through one of those times now because yeah. as you know, you know, Allie and I, we went to PA for the last two days and we ate like shit. And I, I feel like I'm suffering for a big time. Um, You're paying for it. I'm paying for it. Yeah. And I, and I know mm-hmm. for a fact that this is not going to be the only time that that happens. But I do feel like for these next two days, because I know, you know, the holidays coming up and everything, that I need to go into the holiday clean, um, if that makes sense. And I know that yeah. I, don't, I really just don't want to, like, pig out on Thanksgiving. I really don't. Um, but I just really, I like... <laughs> but I just, out on things I just need to, honestly, I feel like I need to detox because waking up migraines and shit, but going back to what you were saying is that, you know, I just want to know like what sparked that fire, what, what sparked you right. to, you know, the, to want to do everything. So my first weight loss journey before I had the surgery back in 2011, um, that my tipping point, I, one of my good friends, actually two of my friends, they got married, um, had a destination wedding in Mexico and I was probably 320, 330, 340, who knows around there. Um, biggest I'd ever been. Um, I had an old ankle fracture that I hadn't rehabbed. So I was limping around in Mexico, um, eating everything, drinking everything. And I felt so insecure the entire time. Um, you know, of course my friend that got married is cute little Asian and all of her family's cute little Asians and everyone's in bikinis and I'm just whatever I can do to get in this pool as fast as I can without people looking at my body is exactly where I was at, you know? Mm. And, uh, I came back, um, from Mexico, had to use a seatbelt extender. One of the most humiliating things I've ever been through. Um, and I know that, I know that issue. Go ahead. It's the worst. I mean, 
It's the worst. Airplanes mm-hmm. are not for heavy people. Airplanes aren't for average people. I mean, no, right. they're not. They're all it, on top it, of each other. Unless you have money and can fly first class, you're going to be fucking miserable if you're like <laughs> even just slightly above average. Um, but anyways, that was that was kind of my tipping point at that point in my life. Um, I bought a scale, weighed myself for the first time. I'm telling you that shit changed my life. Like it was, it's really, really hard, but that's one of my biggest pieces of advice for anyone that is starting a weight loss journey. Weigh yourself. Don't get obsessive, but you have to look at that number and accept where you're at. Otherwise you're not going to change. I I mean, it's just like being, being real and being honest with yourself about where you are, you know? Um, It's kind of like when you start like any sort of like self love anything you have to kind of like I always call it like you succumb to the truth like this is this is what it is this is how much you weigh and now we got to take a look at it yeah I mean it's just the way it is you have to you have to come to terms with that um and then once you come to terms with it you have to think what got you there you know um Mm -hmm. and and everybody has a reason for it and I always say there's nobody in this world that walks around that's well over. I would say 50% to 75% over their body weight. If someone who's, you know, 5'4", you know, and they're supposed to weigh, I don't know, let's just say 135 to 140 pounds, but they're walking around and they're 5'4 and they're 300 pounds, there's something else there. There's depression there. And yeah. that's what a lot of people, if you ask them, I don't have depression. I'm not depressed. I love my life. Do you? Right. You know I, mean? I mean, it's just, it's just denial, you know, it is. People, we it just is. walk around in denial. We don't want to deal with it. Um, it's hard to accept that that's where you're at. It's so much easier just to pretend like I'm like everybody else. And yeah, you know, all while you're adjusting your shirt constantly and worrying about what your clothing looks like. If your, you know, shirt gets stuck in your fat rolls, like, you yeah. know, that's- hiding behind people. <laughs> In pictures. Yeah. 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 I um, still do that. Yeah. You do. I know. You I know, still do that. How? So how? It is what it is. When you. you know. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. What were you going to say? I was saying, how did you arrive at a therapist that was also like helping you with an eating disorder? So I originally started seeing a therapist after my mom died. She had no experience with um, eating disorders. And I don't know what got me to that point. Um, I was honestly just like on autopilot for months after my mom died because it was a very traumatic mm-hmm. experience. Sure. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure what was my tipping point in that. Um, I know I had gotten out of an abusive relationship at that point also. So I I don't really remember why, but I do remember having a conversation with her about it and she had no experience with it. She was, I loved her. She was an amazing person. Um, But I ended up going to a place in town called the Emily program. And they have multi, I don't know if it's uh, nationwide or just local, but um, they have multiple different programs that you can participate in. I did um, once a week with a a therapist and once a week with a nutritionist. And let me tell you that shit was life changing. Um, My therapist that I, it it was like, she was an angel from heaven. (laughs) Um, 
she was so amazing. And I actually followed her. She started a private practice and I, I was with her for years until um, she stopped taking my insurance. But um, I don't know why. I really don't know why. I think okay. I was just at, I was just really heavy. Um, I was in an abusive relationship and he was kind of trying to control and manipulate me in the way that I was eating. Like it got to a point where he'd like look in my garbage to see what I was eating. Um, That's and, so you know, scary. <laughs> it was scary. Um, my ex-wife used to do that. Really? It, mm -hmm. it, it's, I mean, it, it, it was scary, you know? And then I feel like that's like, like dehumanizing. Did you? Oh yeah. He, I mean, he was terrible. I, I, I won't even like go into all the details around that, but you know, you're already spending so much of your time sneaking food, eating in private. Say, you know? Were you lying about it? Cause I did. Oh, oh, I've done I mean, that too. I feel like we all absolutely. Have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but not to an, a certain extreme. Like if he's checking the garbage, like it was so bad. Like I, I'm a terrible liar. I'm a horrible liar. And I don't like, if I needed to lie, I don't like retrace my steps to like make sure I cover my own ass. I don't. Sure doesn't. Um, so I, I honestly should just never, ever lie. Um, but yes, <laughs> I used to lie about it. And my ex-wife would check. Like if I said I didn't eat Doritos or I didn't finish the Doritos, she would go into the garbage and be like, what the fuck's this bag? And I'd be like, oh my gosh. the dog ate it. Dog had the Doritos and throw it out. Like, and she'd be like, really? There's Dorit there's nacho cheese all over the front of your shirt. I'm like, I don't know how that got there. That can't be. <laughs> the dog ate it and then started licking me. Yeah, I picked up the dog and was on the floor. Right. It's things like that. So did you did you like did you like hide that from him? Well, he didn't ever, th that was one time that he he actually asked me or admitted that he looked through the trash. Um so it wasn't like a what happened to the Doritos thing. I would stop at the gas station, get whatever junk food that I wanted, stuff yes. my face in the car, and then hide it in the garbage. Yeah, and I would I've do the done same that. Thing. <laughs> and or like fast food. Okay, so like, um, you know, I'm coming home from work or whatever, and we want Burger King. I would order an extra like side of onion rings eat the shit out of it before I got home and like yes. threw it away before he'd even notice. Same. I mean, I didn't, eat, I didn't eat his food, but you know, ordering the extra. Yeah. And yeah, I, so, I would do that too. I would, we would get Taco Bell and we would like, she would send me what she wanted and I would go get Taco Bell. And if I said in front of her, Hey, I want an extra chalupa. She'd be like, you don't need that. And I'd be like, okay, you're right. And then as we go through the drive-thru, because I'm by myself, I'd be like, can I have two extra chalupas, please? I would eat the two extra chalupas on the way home, purposely, home. purposely mm -hmm. drive around the corner and make sure that I finished it and gave myself a little bit of breathing room. That way, when I got home, it's like I didn't eat anything and I could eat whatever else I got. Right. That's how yep. sick this shit was, because I felt like I was being judged for my own wife at the time. So I totally get why you do that. And for the longest time, up until you said that, I felt like I was the only person that has done something like that. And yeah. let me just say, if you really think about it, and I'm, I'm sure you will agree, because, I mean, that's abuse. We were abused by our significant others, controlled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, psychologically, for sure. Exactly. And yeah, I ate 
I ate in my car from like junk food from the gas station, extra fast food, because I was stressed the fuck out about the person I was with. And I don't want to say it's his fault because it's, you know, it's bad coping mechanisms that I had, but also it's like, he didn't help. It didn't help. And, and I'm, and I like, this is something that, you know, when I was reading your gut, the questions or like things that we could talk about today, Mm -hmm. um, it was something that I actually had thought about is, uh, and I don't know if you guys will, um, if this will speak to you, but you know, dating and relationships when you're heavy is very difficult. I mean, there, there is not, um, and I, I will even like go as far to say like, oh, you know, I've never, I'm, I'm fat, but I feel good about myself or whatever. I don't buy it. I mean, not that I don't, I, I don't, I'm not saying like, oh, you can't feel good about yourself and be heavy. I don't, I'm not saying that, but to say that it's not affecting your intimate relationships in some way or another, I, I just don't buy it. And for me, like I've always been overweight so mm-hmm. in college party days, me and my friends used to go out all the time. I have mm-hmm. two fucking friends. None of them had issues with weight. And I'm the fat girl in the group. And my, my friends were awesome. I, I'm very fortunate. I have some good people in my life. But at that point, it's like any attention is good attention when you're, you know, up to 300 pounds or whatever yeah. I was at. You take then. way less than you deserve. Right. You don't even believe you deserve anything good at that point. Right. And uh, any attention is good attention. So when you're heavy and you want that companionship, even just sex, I mean, even just intimacy, anything like any level of it. um, I feel like any attention is good attention. So you start putting up with shit that you should never have to put up with. Mm -hmm. Um, because you're afraid of that person leaving you. I mean, there's codependency issues. There's a fear of abandonment. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't want to rock the boat because I want you to stay, even though you're a piece of shit. And I know you're a piece of shit for some reason, you know, it's like, you don't want to be alone or I don't know. You just like, it's like a different level of, (laughs) I don't want to kind of desperation. Um, and it's definitely that. Yeah. And you, you just put up with a lot of shit that you shouldn't have to put up with. And then my other thought on that too, is there are, I mean, male and female fucking predators out there that can smell your insecurities from a mile away Mm -hmm. and they will Mm -hmm. leech onto you for everything you fucking got. And so, yeah, I I think that was my (laughs) ex-husband. Yeah. I mean, he saw it. And like, cause when I met him, I was like in the deepest state of depression of my life. And I don't think that he necessarily like had bad intentions. And I don't even think maybe that he even knew that that's what he was doing, but that's what he did. And that's like, it was like, I think it was more of like a, I need to take care of this person kind of thing. And like, he got off on that, but it was how are you attracted to somebody who's like sleeping most of the day? You know what I mean? Right. People right. do. People just, they, they just want to. And, and then when they're not sleeping, they're eating. Well, that's that my life. Right. That's who right. I, 
again, that's the that's the depression. But that's also the person, like you said, smelling out the insecurity to where they're like, well, you know what? If they're this low, I could just manipulate the shit out of it to get what I want out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yep. I think in my situation with my with my marriage, it really wasn't like that. I for the longest time, I did feel like I needed my ex-wife um, because there were so many things that were going on aside from my family, like. I didn't finish school the right way. So my education in that department was just like non-existent. I had no choice. And I feel like today, till today, I still have no, uh, I still don't, I have no, how do I say this? I can't get a decent job because of the choices that I made coming out of high school. Um, so when I was married, it was constantly told that to me though. Like, well, what are you going to do? You don't have an education. So I'm like, okay, so that puts me down even more. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I never went to college. Yeah, like she made him believe that he he needed her. Yeah. And for the longest time, I felt like I did. Right. So, you know, and it, it's weird because I kind of felt like after I we got split up and everything and we got divorced, like, who the fuck are you? Like, you were heavy too at one point, so you should understand. You know right. what I mean? But mm-hmm. it, it wasn't the case. And that's, again, it was... If anybody asks me, I'm like, yeah, was it abuse? Absolutely. It's mental abuse. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's mental abuse. It doesn't always have to necessarily be physical abuse. That was pure mental abuse. Mm-hmm. What you endured also was pure mental abuse. Right. Them going through garbage, them telling you how to eat what you should eat is absolutely ridiculous. No one it, should have to live really, like that. It really is. I know. I agree. And, you know, these people that I've called them predators, they have control issues, you know? Yes, and that's the biggest problem. When, mm-hmm, and and sometimes, like, control can show up in many, many different ways. It's not always obvious. And I just read a book this summer about this, and it fucking blew my mind. Um, what book was it? But, you know, it's called, I actually have it here. Why does he do that? Inside the minds of angry and controlling men. <laughs> Wait a second. Um, Wait, that sounds very fucking sexist. Um, also, you should definitely well, hide that if you have any... Um, visitors like you know male visitors that you want to have a great wait, time with wait a minute wait a minute, oh, no. wait a minute, no wait a minute. that sounds really no. sexist i got but i'm it. interested i want let's let's hear about it it is very good and actually i will i will say that the author um in the very beginning of the book does talk about how um it's not just men that are controlling women can be controlling and it can oh yeah happen and you know gay lesbian relationships but for simplicity. I was controlling. Still on. <laughs> I mean, I think we've all probably had our moments. Yeah. Um, you know, and this book has been good for me too, because it's made me like look at myself um and evaluate like, am I doing these things? Are there things that I need to work on as well? But um the author is actually a men's group like therapist. I believe he's a therapist, but um he does men's groups for men that have anger and control issues. And um, one of the biggest things that I took away from this book is that you don't have to have a mental illness to be a controlling and angry person. Um, And a lot of people that are controlling will blame it on, you know, depression or personality disorders or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but, and like act like they don't know that they're doing it. Um, but a lot of these people are very purposeful in what they're doing. They will pretend like they don't know, blame it on X, Y, Z, this, that, or whatever. Um, and it's not that, I mean, it's, it's, a um, one of the things that the author talks about is a lot of people that have anger and control issues. It comes from the father. I mean, when we're talking about men and the, um, example that, you know, the kid grew up with how dad treated mom and just how important it is for there to be like a healthy, um, Dynamic. You know, example. I mean, not every relationship is going to be perfect. Um, but to show each other respect for kids, but anyways, that's totally off topic, but, um, Shit, that, that says a lot. Cause I was raised by women. I wasn't raised by a man at all. That's, you had, you had male figures in your life though, that won. like sh- helped shape you. My uncle, my uncle did not. And I love him to death. But yeah. But your he cousin, did not. my cousin did, but yeah. like, yeah, my cousin was raised by a man, you know, my, my uncle there, but it's, it's very weird because, well, I guess two things I could be thankful for. One, I could be thankful for the way I turned out. Number two, thankful I didn't turn out gay because you were raised <laughs> by fucking 15 women. That has nothing to do with sexuality. Anyway, it was a joke. <laughs> nothing. Allie. Anyway, got it. Can't. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say was, so with relationships, because we're talking about how like relationships really like affect um, weight. your weight and the things that you do in those relationships when, you know, with hiding food in the garbage or driving around the corner with um, fast food. I've, I've learned through therapy that in our lives, we continue to repeat the same situations in our partners until we've learned and until we know better. So I feel like that our relationships are very connected to our coping mechanisms and our weight issues and all of the other things in our lives, because relationships are the biggest thing in people's lives. You know, they talk about health, they talk about, money they talk about all these other things in life but like the one thing I think that people really come back to or or spend a lot of their time worrying about is relationships so I guess my point is do you feel like you have broken that cycle yet or you still think that that's something you're working on and how do you think that the answer to that question is either helping or hindering your weight loss journey. Okay. Um, so I just want to add to that, Ali, um, my most amazing, beautiful therapist that I'm no longer seeing, um, the angel baby, my angel, she's like the most (laughs) wonderful person ever. (laughs) Can we be best friends? I love you. Um, anyways, uh, she told me once that every person has a core person, like their most important person in their life. Uh For me, that, for me, that was my mom. Um, and she said this to me to kind of point out patterns. So, um, I had some unhealthy patterns with my mom that was coming out in my intimate relationships. Uh It doesn't come out with any other person, my friendships or, um, my other family members just my intimate relationships. It was crazy. Cause when I took a step back and I looked at 
the guys that I've dated, I mean, it creep you the fuck out how parallel they were. Yep. Um, these patterns that I was getting into with these guys. Um, so have I broken through that? I don't fucking know, honestly. Um, I, I do feel like my last relationship, some of that stuff kind of carried over. Um, it was kind of a perfect storm um, with how I am, how I was raised and what he was going through. It just perfect storm. Mm-hmm. Um, so since then, I guess, and this is kind of one of the things that we were going to talk about or maybe talk about today was goals. Um, and I would say my biggest goal at this point in my life, just in general, weight loss aside, um, is to really build the most solid self-care foundation that I can possibly build because I'm a giver. Um, and like I said before, any attention is good attention. I feel like that's so deeply ingrained, you know, this fear of abandonment and, you know, wanting to connect with somebody on an intimate level. Mm-hmm. you know, um, I lose myself. Like I have lost myself in these relationships. Um, casual dating is, that's a separate story, but when I'm invested in somebody, I have totally lost myself. Um, I have found, I will start neglecting my own, you know, self-care time for yep. myself. I'm all in 150%. And, um, I mean, that's not only bad for me, but it's bad for my partner, you know, um, it just puts, it's not good for any relationship to be that way. Um, so at this point in my life, um, I think the biggest thing is building a really solid self-care foundation so that when you are in a relationship, you don't lose that. Everybody needs their own space, their own time. Everyone needs to take care of themselves in whatever way that they need in order to be a good partner. And I mean, I'm light years away from where I was in the past. Um, but you know, there's always room for improvement. There's always things that change. Um, and a lot of times this shit doesn't come up until it's happening. So, you know, it's hard to work on things when you're not in the fucking midst of bullshit, you know? Yeah. Um, real. So I think for me at this point, I'm in a really good place in my life right now. Um, but I've had a couple conversations with other, um, Instagram friends about this is continuing that self-care and that self-reflection and improving yourself and the things that you struggle with when shit is good, because when shit is bad, you don't want to do shit. You can't Mm -hmm. do shit. You can't think rationally. You can't think clearly enough to work on anything. Um, So the best time to do that is when your mind is right, because when your mind is not right, everything falls apart. Everything falls apart. But I feel like when you when you're when your mind is not right, um, you not only does things do not go right, it's literally everything. And you notice physically you can notice you notice physically that your life's a mess physically. Your, your house or your apartment or your room's a mess. Your car's a mess. There's, mm-hmm. Everything's just one big clusterfuck. And, it, and yep. the only way you can, you really got to take a moment and step back and just say, what the fuck is going on here? 
Like, what could I do to make myself better? And if you don't do that, then it's literally like one big bowl of shit that's just rolling down a hill. Right. And eventually yep. you're walking down that hill and the ball of shit's going to catch up to you and roll <laughs> in, like engulf you and then go down with you. So it's like, you know, how do you, I was recently going through that. So you have to, like, like I said, you really just got to take a step back and just think about what is going on. And you really, you can't control everything. You can only control the things that you can really control. So right. you got to think about what you can control and leave the things that you can't control, leave them back because it, it, those things are just going to make it worse if you try to change them and you know that you can't change right. what you can. Right. You know? And I mean, this whole thing about Instagram, it's wonderful and horrible at the same time. I mean, I think you just have to be really careful on not getting sucked into what other people are doing um, mm -hmm. and comparing, which is really hard to do. Um, mm -hmm. But also like eliminating unnecessary pressure. Um, I, I yes. feel like, I feel like sometimes um, we're obligated to ch do these check-ins and whatever. And it's like, I feel well, that, you know, and if I pressure myself, yeah. Well, and you know, eyes are on you. So like, yeah. that, that's why I don't do, you know, and I'm not saying anything about anybody that does do this, but I don't do weigh-ins because that's just adding unnecessary pressure. It's already fucking hard as it is. Mm -hmm. And if any motherfucker is watching you and you gain two pounds, I don't even want to make assumptions that this asshole is judging me because I gained two pounds. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or it's so funny that you say that because my best friend asks Ryan every week. She's like, where's the Saturday weigh-in? Let's go every week and she like looks forward to it and it's it's yeah. like good spirited but it's pressure but she's not the it only one is... she's she's really not the only one if i post it like if i i'm sorry if i don't post it i do get dms from people going hey how'd yeah. you do this week and i'm like Ooh. <laughs> i'm like you know what um and then and people notice when i don't they're like hey what yeah. happened and there's the only times i really don't post my way in is when either one i stay the same or two my nutritionist is like hey we're not gonna weigh in sadly we're gonna do it Monday or we're going to do a Tuesday right. and that pressure is to let people know when I'm doing it and that's the problem that's the yeah. problem because I don't and I feel like I shouldn't have to fucking DM people to be like hey by the way my no. weigh-in on yeah. Tuesday by the way I feel like I might have gained eight pounds so I'll it's let you know if natural. I do it you know it's I not know. but it's I nice mean, that people are like are. invested in yeah. in your health mm -hmm. but it's also pressure but you also I sometimes wonder and not not Nicole not your friend and not the two people that like have messaged me, but I wonder if it's like they're messaging me, not again, not your friend, but if they're messaging me going, oh, I want to know if I, if he did better than me this week. Yeah. yeah like know, with like, a competitive like, he, competition. Yeah. Was he a fat fuck this week? Did I lose more than him? <laughs> like, oh, was he a fat fuck? Was he eating nothing but cheese doodles and like Chinese? I really I think so. Like, I don't think, I don't think that it's anything like that. It's very possible because, you know, at the end of the day, like everyone has their own thing about them. But I feel like for the most part, the weight loss community is, is a bunch of just like really, really genuine, supportive, accepting people. Some of them. I have not come across anybody. The, the I've come people, across one like weird person and I was like, all right, cool. Like the, weird flex, but whatever. The people that are in the groups that we are in, 
like Jarvis and Poro and everybody. They're, they're Even genuine not. I have a bunch of people who aren't in in the Accountable Life group that talk to me, and I'm like, oh my god, you're even. Hallie, right? But you're so sweet. Again, Thank not, you for giving a shit about but, anything that I say. Yes, but oh, what I'm yeah. saying is, there are people that have come out of the woodwork that are just like, some of them are very negative, and some of them it switches on and off. It's like hot and cold sometimes. Yeah, right. and I want to, an, and 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 again, it, it's not for me to be like, oh well, you're an asshole, so don't message me anymore. Like I'm not going to ever be that way. Right. Because people sometimes they flip on a switch and they need help well, sometimes they shut it off when people are like is. that right people you have to understand and i try to like explain this to ryan and this is like like me and hallie relate on this a lot like we're super like it's like kind of like an i don't want to say evolve but it's like a level up from like the standard line of thinking so like mm-hmm. when someone's a jerk to you you're like fuck is your problem like why are you being such a jerk but and that's that's a reaction but when when you think a little bit deeper about it you know that people people act from their frame of reference Allie, your timer is going off i don't know what you have a timer for oh, shit i even hear hold on <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> i'm back that's okay so, i got a phone call too so yeah people people act from their frame of reference so they act from where they're standing and what they see and what they perceive and what they've yeah. been through so it's very hard to not react and to be like, wow, like you must be having a really tough day. And that's why you're being such a jerk to me. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. is, can I help you? Is there anything I can do for you? And oh God. Ryan's so not that person no. at all. He's I, like, F you and yeah. your mother and your sister. Yeah, no, I'll, okay. I'll literally, I have no mm-hmm. patience for people at all. Yeah. So if, and even with Allie, like Allie will tell you, like, I, I could be the nicest person. I really could. But like. Too nice you, sometimes. It, but if you're having an off day. And you just don't want to be bothered. And I'm trying to be nice to you. And I'm like, hey, you know, do you want to do something like this? Or, you know, hey, do you want to talk? And you're like, what did I just tell you? I'm like, really? Okay. You see this? Dick is turned on now. Like, that's exactly the way it is. <laughs> activated like, dick, dick mode. Yeah, activated dick mode. Right. And now, now this is what you're going to get for the rest of the fucking day. Like, too bad. <laughs> and I have no patience for... I have no patience for nastiness. I have no mm-hmm. patience for... I don't really have patience for people in general that just want to be jerk offs. Like I, right. I really don't. I don't. I don't think anybody wants to be a jerk off though. Or I don't have. I think they just rudeness. Are. That's what it is. Patience right. for rudeness. None. Yeah. Right. I, think, I don't. I don't want to understand why you're being rude. I don't give a fuck why you're being rude. Mm-hmm. There's no reason for you to be rude. If you're going through something, take that shit to bed. Out. Yeah. Sleep it out, or do whatever the fuck it is that you got to do. Don't bring that shit to me, because right. you'll get this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So mm-hmm. Allie's Absolutely. like, don't be that way. How could you do? I don't give. I'll let you know when someone pays me to give a shit. <laughs> like, I, I don't I care. Think, I think I'm like somewhere between the two of you because I, I'm not a competitive person. So when people try to compete with me or, you know, come across like that, I get fucking pissed. I do not have patience for it, especially at the gym. Oh, my God. I, I won't she even She goes go off about it. the gym. I have serious gym rage. I have serious <laughs> gym rage. And it makes me laugh, but like when it's happening, it's fucking serious shit. Like I'm Wait, like people want to compete with you? Sometimes, yes, I swear. What the fuck? What do they do? Oh my god. Okay, so a couple of times at the gym, like more recently, I had a girl follow me to every single machine that I was on. Like go right next to me. And I mean, that shit would annoy me pre-pandemic post-pandemic it's 
fucking irritating as fuck. But I, I realized that she's literally doing every single thing that I'm doing. And I was doing like a weightlifting circuit, followed me to every single machine. And I'm looking at this bitch and I'm like, either you're trying to be my friend or you're competing with me. And just because my ass is bigger than your ass doesn't mean you're in better shape than me. And that's how my head was at. I'm like, fuck you. You know, the entire time, like fueling my fucking weightlifting. What, did rate. you say anything to her? Or you just like, let no, her be I a weirdo? Well, I didn't say anything to her. No, I'm not, I'm not super confrontational. If you get in my space and you piss me off, then I will, but I'm not like one to be like, fuck you, bitch, you know, from across the oh, way. I'm not really I would have turned around and said, what the fuck is that smell? <laughs> what is that smell? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Is it you? It ain't me. Oh my she God. How fast she would have got up and left. She would have freaked out. I'm sure. And that would have been <laughs> hilarious. Um, you know, or just like, the entire row of ellipticals or treadmills are open and this motherfucker has to come right next to me oh my god i can't even tell you like how irritating that shit is to me it just fuels my rage um but yeah i'm not i'm not a competitive person so when i get that feel that someone's trying to be competitive i am like ryan i'm like fuck you go fuck yourself and because it's rude you know i hate that i hate it's rude it's rude. It There's no rude. reason to compete. Everybody's in the gym to do right. what they need to do for themselves. It's right. not a competition unless, you know, I've mm-hmm. seen, I've seen, and I don't, if anybody's listening, like, I don't mean to like be rude or offensive when I say this, but I've seen the meatheads compete with each other. You know, oh, like yeah. they'll grab a 75 pound dumbbell and they're sitting in there and then the other guy's taking the 125 and he's, and I'm like, Hey, you know, here I am, you know, I just fucking had two hot dogs before I came to the gym. So excuse the <laughs> fuck out of me. You know what I, I mean? feel like the gym is a place to like release good endorphins. And yeah. what are you doing worried about someone else? But you do, right. but you do see well, a, a majority of people like sitting in the stressful. gym looking at like the, especially women, women will sit oh, and oh. analyze every other woman in that gym. Oh, I don't. Oh, I like her outfit or look at this bitch bending over, looking at no, the men, wait. making sure the men check her out. Like, you know, I, the girls that go to the gym shit. with like a full face of makeup, makeup the cute yes. leggings, yes. the matching oh outfit, God. the hat with the ponytail. And you're just like, why are you here? You already no. won. You know it's why? So because you already won. <laughs> because it's for us to look at. It's something nice. To look at. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that makes it, me mad. It is. I'm like, it oh. is annoying. It is it, very it's, annoying. It's just, that's the way. If you go to, if you went to the gym now, you would spot a girl like that. She comes in wearing perfume. Those leggings, I don't give a shit. She's probably just bought them. There's no doubt. There's, she went to the store and bought them right like 10 minutes before she got there. See, my right. biggest thing be. is, and probably something that like gets in the way for me, is pride. Like I have way too much pride to for to for me to let you get me unraveled. Like I will hold myself together out of spite to not let somebody else know that they've aggravated me. And I mean, that's a good thing. uh, Yes and no, because there's times where like I won't address something and I should and other things. But like this is the same thing. Like at the gym, nobody really gets in my way. But if you come up to me and you want to have a conversation while I'm working, I'll I'll end your life. Like, leave me the fuck alone. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, sorry, I'm I'm out of breath. Well, first, leave me alone. Well, well, what what are they asking you if they come? Excuse me, by the way, it's like I go to the gym in my town where I've known everybody my whole life, and they're like, oh, hey, how's this? How's your brother? How's this? I'm like, no. I mean, now is not the time. You can text me. See, that wouldn't bother me. It would bother me. me if the ignorance. Would come up like, hey, by the way, you know, uh, how do you how do you make that recipe that I saw on Instagram? I mean, get the fuck away from me. Do you see me? 
Are, do you fucking see? I'm drenched right now. I'm wet. All right, leave me alone. That doesn't bother me. Like if they saw me and they're like, "Hey, how's your family?" That's one thing. But no, there is there alone. is proper gym etiquette. You know, you don't do certain things. You don't say certain things. Right. I, I totally get that. But you know, mm-hmm. but there are stupid people that will come up and be like, "Hey, uh, you know, I, I see how you have your shoes tied that way. Can you teach me how to get the fuck away from me? Oh my go away. Right. Go away." It's um, so annoying. So, Allie, did you check your list? I have checked my list. Uh, we did you have... check it twice? Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to find out who's naughty or nice. Again. We <laughs> also wanted to talk about um, spirituality because I think one of the things that me and Hallie, like, vibe on the most is, like, where we come from, like, spiritually. and With chakras? Absolutely. Yeah, chakras With chakras, yeah. Chakra yep. Chakras yeah. and shit. Yeah. <laughs> chakras. <laughs> Um, so where, like, I guess what I want to, I want to bring it back to weight loss. Like how has your spirituality affected your, your weight loss journey? And kind of when did you start to become super spiritual? Cause I don't think anybody's just like born knowing, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, well, for me, I was not I did not grow up spiritual at all, was not religious at all. Um, I think my mom was atheist most of my life um, until I think she's probably more agnostic towards the end of her life. Um, My dad was, my dad was a Muslim, um, the worst Muslim ever, (laughs) smoking, drinking, gambling, you know, all the naughty no's except for eating pork. Um, But they didn't teach us anything about religion, spirituality, nothing. Um, so I really didn't become spiritual until after my mom died. I think if you would have asked me before, I would have been like, oh yeah, I'm a spiritual person. I didn't know shit about shit. I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Right. Um, I just, I think being a spiritual um, person sounded good. Yes. It sounded, it sounded, yeah, it sounded good. I didn't know anything though, seriously. Um, so after my mom died, I feel like I kind of had a spiritual awakening. I had a lot of really weird things happen. Um, and I had a couple of close friends that were very spiritual that I learned a lot from. Um, how that has affected my weight loss journey. Um, I don't know if it's directly affected my weight loss journey, but it definitely has affected like my self love, my, you know, self care journey. And just, yeah, it's a huge part of a weight loss journey. It is. And honestly, I feel like it's the biggest part. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think that the mental part of your weight loss journey, which is including self love and taking care of yourself, um, that's the biggest thing. I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Like if you don't have your mind, right, nothing is going to work out. It does not, I mean, not even talking about weight loss and being overweight, you could be perfect fucking health and your brain is all fucked up and your mind's not right. You're not functioning, you know, good, optimally, whatever. Um, I feel like the spirituality takes you from like weight loss as an obligation to weight loss as a form of self-love. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, that makes total sense. Um, I agree with that. You want to do it because you know that it's going to make you feel good and you know that it's going to make you a better person and a stronger person. Cause when you're strong, like physically you're strong in other areas too. You know what I mean? 
Absolutely. I agree with that hundred percent. Um, something that I've kind of been thinking about is like, you know, they say, excuse me, weight loss, uh, is a lifestyle change, you know, Mm-hmm. is cliche and cheesy as fuck as that sounds it, it it's totally true but there is yeah. a definite difference between saying that and being that mm-hmm. there is a difference and um you know I I think I've said lifestyle changed my entire life did that make a difference to me no. up until recently <laughs> fuck no I mean Dude, I was 350 pounds almost. I could barely walk at 26 because of this ankle fracture. I had all this extra weight on my joints. You know, it would take me 30 minutes in the morning to have my body warm up enough where it wasn't painful to walk, Mm. you know, and, um, that's no way to fucking live. But if you asked me then I would be like, yeah, it's a lifestyle change, you know, but there's a difference between saying it and actually being about it. There is a total difference. Am I 100% fully about it? No. I mean, this is a process. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of work. You know, you can lose all this weight and still not really be about it. I mean, it's got a click in your brain in every single way it can possibly can in every aspect of your life. And that's, what's crazy about this weight loss journey is, um, it's not, I mean, it's never ending. There's no end point here. This is, this is forever. I'm Um, glad you said that. Yeah. You know, and I consistent effort, right. It, it, it totally is, especially for those of us that have issues around food, which I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, (laughs) I'm not going to say a percentage, but you walk down the street and you see uh, somebody that's overweight, the percentage of people that are overweight because solely, solely because of medical diagnoses are very, very, very slim. Um, there, yep. I mean, it's very complex, you know, you might have medical diagnoses that make it more difficult for you to, you know, lose weight or uh, make you more prone to being overweight, but that's not, why you're overweight yeah like thyroid condition thyroid condition that comes Um, from your diet it it does well well it comes from the behavior that you do before like i my the my whole like uh i guess philosophy is your body obviously there are people who are born with conditions right we're not going to completely disregard that but i feel like your body knows exactly what it needs to do when it mm-hmm. needs to do it and we manipulate that or we alter the body's course by choosing the foods that we eat, choosing the things we consume that aren't food, you know, like what we take in, how we carry out our relationships, how we were raised, all that stuff I think completely affects and and alters the way that your body works. And you know, something like a thyroid condition, I think has a lot to do with stress and, and food and all this other stuff too. But I don't want to completely knock, like, like go all spiritual and not scientific. Cause I think, I think I have a pretty good balance of both for sure, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's very complex, you know? Um, but I, I just, I feel like, um, the mental part is just such a huge, 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 I mean, it's a huge factor in anything in your life, really. Um, yeah. 
And so the spirituality part and the weight loss journey, um, you know, I've, I feel like I've had signs or things that have happened that I'm like, you know what, if I wasn't doing X, Y, and Z, this wouldn't have happened. If X, Y, and Z hadn't happened, this hadn't happened. And just being grateful for the whole process. Like, yeah, all those synchronicities in our lives that have gotten us to where we need to be. That's a big word. Yeah. It's a, basically it's like the universe's little nudges. That's like, yep, this is exactly what you need. Keep going. Yeah. And then (laughs) just making Sorry, we're both talking. Just making connections, like you know, we us three have connected, or you know, I've connected with you two on Instagram. I would have never met you any other way. Um, And God, I don't even remember how I found. I know Ryan, you. I found you first. I don't even remember how I came across you, Um, but I do remember Allie because you posted about her, and I was like, well, she's legit, and so we became friends. Um, But you know, this shit wouldn't have happened any other way if we weren't, um, you know, in this like journey together or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's that shit's special. I mean, Allie and I kind of talked about this before, like maybe we were in the same tribe in a past life and yeah it's bringing Ryan's like oh my together. god you guys are such dweebs but I love this kind of stuff uh, this is girl you shit know? no it's I, not this is female I, shit let me tell you something I guarantee you I guarantee you right the fuck now that there's not ever two men sitting there going maybe we were together in a tribe in the past <laughs> life can you imagine unless we're high that's just the way it is no I just feel like Men think like to say things like that, there's a lot of vulnerability there because like there have been times when I've said things to people and they're like, okay, well, we don't know that. And I'm like, okay, so you're definitely not, you're, you're not here with me, but like to say things like that, it requires a lot of vulnerability. So I don't think a lot of people are there with you on that one, Allie. Yeah, no, I would agree with you. You're on your own fucking planet half the time. (laughs) I agree with you. But what I'm trying to say is to be super spiritual and to to open yourself up enough to to think that that's a possibility it requires a lot of vulnerability and you know we could go completely into a different topic on this but i feel like men are taught not to be vulnerable so you may be right or onto right. something with it being a a girl thing but trust me it's not only girls that are into this stuff Right. My ex, one of my exes was into that stuff. That's actually one of the things that we bonded over. So, I mean, not, I don't know. Not maybe it's for, just me. Not just for females. <laughs> maybe it's just me. Now I'm being sexist. You see that book <laughs> from right. before. The, you know, I want to ask you that book. Does it have like a men, like a, a, a women's thing? Like why are women this way? Or what, why, why does this, like, what is that book called again? It's called, uh, why does going to go look that? this up and talk about it for the rest why, of the night? Well, I want to know, is there like a sequel to this? Why does she do that? Or why did she do that? Like what type of shit is that? I well, feel like it's probably really similar though. No, like a lot of your upbringing and, and the way that your parents interacted with you creates and shapes the way that you re- interact with people in intimate relationships. So yes, right. it says men on it, but I think I mean, I didn't read the book, so you correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like it has, it, that's like the foundation for everybody. I'm going to write that book. Why did she do that? I'm going to write it. <laughs> you should write that book. I'm going to write it. I work it online. That's my first book. Why did she do that? <laughs> well, the reason why the author is addressing men is because he works with men. 
does men's groups. So I'm going to work with women. That's what that's his, what can, I'm going to work with them. God help them. I'm, but it does. It goes both ways. It it totally goes both ways. Um, it's not not just men to females. It's female to men and men to men and female to female. So and all, and all of the above. That's yes, right. and and everything in between. Yeah, that, <laughs> that sure. was better. Yes. All right. So we have well in, a little in closing. I just before we do this lightning round, I want to thank you for coming on the episode and being a part of our first video episode. Because awesome. this was really, really cool. And not just I, you know, for you too, but like this was really cool for me and Allie because we always wanted to do a video podcast. Um, so I just want to say that there was really nothing better than to have our first guest be you. Um because yeah, we can definitely relate to a lot of the things that you were saying. Um, so what we're going to do in closing, um, is we're going to do a lightning round. Uh, Allie's going to ask you, it's like a kind of like a this or that, right Al? Yeah. Uh, well, I wanted to let you pick if you wanted to do fitness or if you wanted to do food. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> I try to find a spiritual one, spiritual one, but like people are too damn serious. I was going to be like, you know, meditation or, or this, or, you know, I can't but... get down with no chakra shit right now. Um, Believe it or see. not, he surprisingly knows a lot about this shit. Do you want to know why I know a lot about it? Why? Because my ex-wife was a Reiki master. Oh, really? Wow. Cool, right? That no, it's not cool. cool she fucking bought the whole bed and everything in it, and then made me lay on it twice. And then she's like waving her hands around <laughs> over me, and she's like, "Do you see the colors?" And I'm like, "I want to stab you." <laughs> Well, like she just sucked. If it was somebody else, you probably would have thought it was cool. I, I went to I went to like a Reiki program with her once and like in like a studio. And mm -hmm. there were all these like people laying down and they're like getting ready. Like they look like they, it was like nap time. It looked like adults having like kindergarten nap time, like laying on the <laughs> mat, putting like little things over them, like, like, like little blankies. And I'm like, what the fuck? Now, here I am fucking 390 pounds getting on all fours laying on my fucking oh, side no. laying down <laughs> and she's like my ex-wife was like kneeling over me and like she's like going like this and like with her hands and shit like that and I'm like I in my head I don't want to be rude I'm like what the fuck are you doing see what <laughs> I said about it requires a level of openness like and, you have to be open to and, it yes and she's like you need that's exactly what she said you need she to ain't be, wrong you need to be open to this and I'm like I, you need to be open for me grabbing a knife like <laughs> uh, that's like seriously like, I'm laying there and then she's like you have to be silent oh that was nothing at the beginning they were chanting be silent be still be silent, be still. And I'm like, All right, what that's, the that's a fuck weird. goes on? And then it's yeah, pure silence. Pure silence. I think somebody farted in the room. There's no doubt about <laughs> it. There's definitely, somebody definitely did. I'm laying there and she's like, you just have to be silent and be still. So I'm laying there and she's like putting her hands on my chest. And I'm thinking, maybe I could get down with this. Is she going to massage me? Like, what, what's going on here? Like, no, it's, she puts here and she's like, do you feel the energy? I'm like, where? Like I, I just I I couldn't buy into wrong it. person to bring to yeah, a workshop wrong like person. that. And then she was like, she's like, "How did you get it? How did you, did you like it?" I'm like, 45 fucking minutes too long. Like I can't do this. I can't do this. It, this was just, and it was expensive too. And then she's like, "You know how much Reiki masters make? They make really good money." I'm like, "For what? I'll you know what? You give me two hundred dollars? I'll fucking kneel on all fours and fucking put my hands on your on your collarbones <laughs> just to say, ask you, hey, did you see the colors? I I can't I can't do it." I can't do it. Give me 300 Aww. bucks. I'll fucking do it. Absolutely. 
All right. So what do you want to do? You want to do fitness or you want to do food? Well, I like food. So let's do fucking food. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm going to ask you, like, example, uh, hamburger or cheeseburger? Pick one. Click. Oh, t- cheeseburger. Fuck yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'm ready. Okay. So, right. Allie, you want to do one and then I'll do one? You want to read yeah. up the top of that list? Yep. Okay. Yeah, All right. Go. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Fruits or vegetables? Vegetables. Salad or wraps? Salad. Sauce or no sauce? You better say sauce. <laughs> Depends on the sauce. All right, let's go with one. How about tomato sauce or Alfredo sauce? Tomato. Okay. Um, oh, soft-boiled eggs or hard-boiled eggs? What a weird question. Ooh. Uh, probably more hard-boiled. Yeah. Spicy or not spicy? Oh, God, I'm such a bitch when it comes to spicy. Not spicy. I love spice. <laughs> Pancakes or waffles? Waffles. And last but not least, would you rather do snacks or would you rather have a meal? I snack all fucking day long every day. Snacks. So you're a snacker? Yes. Yeah, so oh, I'm snacks? a snacker. Oh, yeah, I'm a snacker. Especially after surgery because, you know, you get full quicker and then like an hour, two hours later, I'm fucking hungry again. So I just graze like all day. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny you say that because I actually had a decent meal, which I was planning on putting on my story on Instagram and because it looks so good as I was cooking it. And I honestly hate the way Instagram's laid out because of my 80 cinemas and 90 cinemas, um, when I'm doing a story on my working on Ryan, the notifications slide down. So anytime I need to tap the touch of the, uh, touch the top of the screen, the fucking thing changes to my one of my media pages. And I'm like, oh, I just lost my video that I just recorded. So oh, what I was making was a uh, skirt steak, um, stir fry. It was a uh, stir uh, skirt steak with cashews, peppers, and onions. And then mm. I put it over white rice with um, sesame goiza sauce. That so it looked really, really good. good. It was, and but what I was getting at was I ate it and I had like a nice helping. And then literally I sat down and like a half hour later, I'm like, I'm fucking hungry and I'm hungry now. So like I got to like after this, well, well I'm going to eat something, but I get what you're saying. Snacking, because if you snack throughout the day, you won't be as hungry. I get it. Right. I get it. Yeah. Um, all right. So before we go. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one last question. One last question. You want to ask the question? What is something that you have a goal of yours that you've achieved or it could be a goal that you are still working towards that's going to get you one step closer to Frey? Ooh, I like it. Um, you know, I think I've kind of already touched on this, but the biggest thing for me is building this self-care foundation that, you know, shit doesn't rock me as much or as easily. You don't lose yourself um, because I just, you know, I think, and this goes for everybody, whether you're trying to lose weight or you're not trying to lose weight, you know, shit gets stressful. We get swept away in bullshit. Um mm-hmm. And sometimes it's the dumbest shit ever, you know, like we were kind of talking earlier, like getting riled up over some random motherfucker in the gym. It's like, why am I letting this person upset me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, People suck. That's still going to piss me off. You know, that's the, that's, it is what it is. But, um, you know, walking away and not letting it fuck up your, the rest of your day or interactions with people or shit that happens at work, whatever it may be. 
if we can build like a solid foundation for ourselves, like really, um, gaining self-awareness, knowing what you need and honoring that sounds so cheesy, but it's true. Um, whether that be, you know, be going to therapy, taking a bubble bath, going for a walk, you know, playing with your dog, literally anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever it is that makes you feel good, that can help you recenter, Um, and actually practicing that, practicing that when shit gets hard, um, decompression. Yeah. And, and like, and this kind of goes back to the, you know, in relationships, it's really hard to do that when you're in a relationship, especially if you live with somebody. Um, and I think it's really important to learn how to do that and be honest about it and tell people what you need. I posted a story the other day, like stop saying yes to shit you hate. And I felt that, you know, Mm -hmm. how many times we just go along with shit. But anyways, I think for me, my biggest goal is building that foundation, being true to myself um, and being honest with people and just taking really good care of myself and for every aspect of my life to do this. Um, And then, you know, everything else will just fall into place after. So So by creating a strong self-care foundation you are going to gain the freedom to navigate your life with strength and integrity and absolutely okay I like it that's a good one just and everything you know and I mean weight loss obviously and fit you know I don't want to say weight loss but the fitness journey you know whether I lose another pound uh this month or not is at this point kind of irrelevant to me. I just want to be strong, you know, and not get too sucked into what the, what the scale says or what the inches are. Like, I want to get strong. I want to build my stamina. I want to be able to do shit, you know, and do it. So you, you know, your unit of measurement is, is like how you feel the, the strength you feel or the stamina that you have. That's what you're going by. And just like how good it makes you feel. Like, even if, um, you know, just knowing that you're doing the right thing to take care of yourself, um, is huge. It's, it will affect everything in your life. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the key. I think that's a key for everything like weight loss, you know, your career relationships, whatever it may be, but everything that's the goal. Well, I think you, you've started on your strong foundation because that sounds pretty, pretty solid. Sounds like, you know what the hell you're talking about. I'm trying and knowing and doing two separate things. We got to bring it, I say bring all it the together. Time. I say <laughs> yeah. all the time, people make decisions based on what they feel and not what they know. Because if we all made decisions based on what we know, we'd be friggin' evolved, like wonderful people. And we're, we're not, right. you know, we're right. still works in progress. Right. And you know what though? Life would be so boring if we had it figured out so well yeah because if we all had it figured out everybody would know what to do and everybody would look the same and be the Mm -hmm. same and that's what makes everybody so different you know it's it's actually I always say it's actually good if you really sometimes don't know where to start or what you're doing because then that's going to let you and make you branch out to other people oh yeah the adventure of learning is such a wild ride and so much fun sometimes absolutely yeah I mean it is it 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 hurts sometimes but it's all necessary you know and yeah. I was just telling my friend the other day, I regret to me is a dirty word. Learn to get rid of regret because even if you do something that you feel regret, 
Um, I mean, dude, you, you are learning from that experience. If you're looking at it the right way, you're learning from that experience and you can do things differently, go about your life differently. Maybe we make the same mistake multiple times before we fucking get it. Um, but it's all a part of the process. It's all a part of the plan, you know, whatever your beliefs are. Uh Um, and I mean, just being grateful for the shit that we've gone through because we can connect with each other on a a deeper level. You can support me. I can support you because you've been through this and I've been through this and whatever. That shit is very meaningful. And Mm -hmm. especially at this age, you know, we're getting old, (laughs) but having these meaningful interactions with people that aren't based off of taking shots and, you know, getting wasted at the bar, um, that shit's special, you know? And anyways, Allie and I talk a lot about about how like we're so grateful to have met the people that we've met on the internet, but we yeah. also feel kind of skeevy because we're like over thirty meeting people on the internet. <laughs> yeah, but that's the new. But that's <laughs> oh, the God. way that that's the. You know what? I'm gonna it steal is. something from from the governor here. That's the new normal. <laughs> oh my god, that's well, true. Uh, it, 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 I agree. It is. It it's is definitely true. The new normal. But I feel like also like those kinds of statements like we're skeevy because we're 30 and we're meeting new people online that's like our own insecurity because I don't think like I've never felt that from from Hallie and I know we've never felt that from a lot of people like it depends on how you it's it's the first impression you know if you if you're talking to somebody and then you know all of a sudden I always have this rule even with meeting you even with meeting you online if I'm sitting there talking to you and out of nowhere you make me go huh like I gotta go. Yeah, I, I lasted a long Great. time, but now he does that. He yeah. does, huh? At me yeah, a lot. Like, when she talks, I'm like, what? I secured the bag, and then I made it. Started questioning. And it. and <laughs> and you can ask her at <laughs> least at least once a day. I, I or my mom or somebody asks her, where the fuck do you come from? <laughs> like where where and and is there more of you because they need to be like done with, oh, like dealt no. with. She's yeah. just keeping things spicy. For real. <laughs> you want to be careful. You, want, you start wanna? making more of me. You, you want to? You can have a. <laughs> well, thank you, Hallie, for coming on the Absolutely. episode. We really do appreciate it. Um, I loved your point of view on a lot of things. I think it was really, really interesting. Yes. Oh, good. Good. Awesome. Yes. You can find Hallie at um, your, what's your, I'm, I'm sorry, your, your handle no, on Instagram. That's okay. It's uh, Bella underscore note 66. Yes, follow her. Follow Allie at SendYourself, which is ridiculous. Go ahead. Every episode, he tells me how ridiculous it is. And you can follow Ryan at working underscore on underscore Ryan. Finish the episode, Al. Um, this is Closer to Free. See you later. I, she Thanks, is absolutely... <laughs> the worst. <laughs>